Welcome back to the cast of characters with my guest, Alex Galbraith. Today we'll be going over the sequels of the Star Wars franchise. The seventh one, The Force Awakens. The eighth one, The Last Jedi. And nine, The Rise of Skywalker. So today we're going to talk about the main characters in the movies, Ray, Finn, and Poe, and compare them to the originals in Luke, Leia, and Han Solo. The, and we're going to talk about the similar, similarities and differences between the characters. And then we're, and then we're going to talk about what we're, were we excited about them coming back, or did we think they should have been done at six and never made these? Who is your favorite character of the new movies? And what do you think about the ending of the ninth movie? Do you think it did the franchise justice? So with all that being said, talk about the seventh one, Alex. All right. Well, first, thank you for having me back on, Will. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, always, always happy to talk Star Wars. Uh, and man, this is going to be a fun episode. <laughs> I can tell you what. Uh, so let's start with Seven. Uh, the Force Awakens. Circa 20, uh, 2015, I believe. Yeah. Basically, The Force Awakens, long story short, were introduced to this entire new set of characters. Uh, and it, and it's, it's a new order. I mean, we have the First Order that has kind of taken over as like the Empire, the First Order was grown out of the empire that was kind of defeated at the end of return of the Jedi. Um, we had the resistance, which is like the new rebellion, uh, still spearheaded by, by Leia, um, Han, not so much. He, he kind of run off and Lynn Luke. And then I think that's the big story here is that's how the movie starts. Luke Skywalker is missing. I think that's actually what's in the crawls. Luke yeah. Skywalker's gone. Uh, but he's left a map, uh, for him to, to be found. And everybody wants to know where Luke is because I feel like kind of like Obi-Wan in a new hope, if they can get this Jedi Master, one of the most powerful beings in the galaxy, to come help out the rebellion, help out the resistance, they can defeat the bad guys, the First Order, the Empire, whatever. Uh, we meet Rey. Obviously, we know she has Force powers. We know that she's going to be the protagonist. Uh, and it's just kind of this long series event. But The Force Awakens really modeled itself off of A New Hope. I mean, almost verbatim. Yep. I mean... Really, really, really sit down and think about it. How unoriginal this movie yeah. was. I mean, you look at the beginning. New Hope, what happens? We have the battle, uh, kind of Princess Leia's ship, the Tantive Four, flying away from the Star Destroyer. They invade. They put a secret plan in R2-D2 to go take it to, uh, you know, I, to, to Obi-Wan Kenobi, to Ben Kenobi. What happens at the beginning of Force Awakens? They're in this little village. Old man who we never get any closure on. We have no idea who this man is, but he somehow was alive and knew of Princess Leia as the princess. She was still a princess back in my day, whatever. Yeah. Gives the droid, BB-8, some plans to take to Leia to help find Luke. So just like how 4 starts, you meet your little protagonist who, in A New Hope, is Luke. The little farm boy has no idea that he has these Force powers. It's just an absolute nobody. Same with Ray. Lives on a desert planet, two desert planets. <laughs> Absolute nobody, has no idea who she is, what kind of power she possesses, but always ha has that, you know, wants that adventure. She's searching for adventure. And that's what Luke wanted. He wanted to go fight for the rebellion. I don't know if Ray necessarily wanted to go fight with the resistance, but she wanted to get off of Jakku. She didn't want to keep scavenging for junk to get paid in portions, which was idiotic in and of itself. Um, so it's just this long thing. I mean, and then again, so then you meet an old an old friend, or you meet someone that we knew. Back when New Hope came out, we didn't know anything about Obi-Wan. You watch the prequels, we do. So the, uh, the Obi-Wan in Force Awakens was Han Solo. You meet an old character that's a fan favorite. Everybody loves him. He's wise, mentors our protagonist, helps them in their quest to defeat them. Obi-Wan helped them get onto the Death Star uh, to help turn off the reactor, uh, the... Was it the reactor? I'm trying to think of the tractor beam. Tractor <laughs> yeah. beam, and uh, that that kind of sucks him in, allows them to escape, sacrifice himself. Han Solo didn't necessarily sacrifice himself, but he was doing it to try to get his son yeah. back. And Kylo Ren, and Kylo Ren, very similar to a Darth Vader esque type, all black, has the mask on, voices muffled and deep. Um, you know, just the only difference is Kylo Ren is. Just an absolute wuss. Kylo Wood, uh, Kylo was <laughs> Kylo, <laughs> Kylo Ren is, is is an emo is an emo wannabe is what he is. He he knows his grandfather is Darth Vader, uh, and even though Darth Vader turned back to the good side, apparently Kylo Ren know that or doesn't want to believe that, and so he models his entire life after Darth Vader, and cries about it and you know complains about it, and it, it, he really he's just an emo little kid. And does never, never struck fear into anybody. You know, I always talk with a lot of people. Darth Vader from 456, if you saw him in a dark hallway, like in, in um, Rogue One, where he lit that yeah. lightsaber up and slaughtered all those rebels, you would be terrified. Kylo Ren did that. I'd laugh because Kylo Ren's a wannabe. 
He's a wannabe. Darth Vader was scary. He struck fear into people both within the galaxy and the audience. Kylo Ren never did that for anybody. And and that, that was that's your main villain there. And it's the first order of the Empire. Yada, yada. Oh, look, there's a giant space station. Death Star versus uh, whatever it's called. I mean, look, look, I, I'm struggling to remember because <laughs> it's so unmemorable. It, you just, no one cares. Uh, it, it, but the giant space station that can destroy an entire planet, yeah. the Rebellion is sent to go destroy it. They do. Hooray. We celebrate the end. I mean. But he does kill his dad, though. Right. Well, and that's the thing. You know, Obi-Wan sacrificed himself for Luke, sacrificed himself so they could go. Yeah. Han Solo, I, I don't think, went into that mission with the intent of sacrificing himself. Leia said to bring our son home, bring our yeah. boy home. And he wanted to do that. Kylo Ren killed him. And I think Kylo Ren thought, like, that made him cool. Like, it's almost like peer pressure, you know? Not that, like, the entire Empire and the First Order was watching, but it was like, Kylo Ren had this conflict. Now, that's another reason why he wasn't even scary. For the first, really, three three movies, up until the very last few minutes of Return of the Jedi, we rarely saw conflict in Darth Vader. You know, we never saw him go back and forth. Oh, should I do this? Should I not do that? He was just, lack of better words, he was a badass. He did not care. Cutting off limbs, choking people to death. He did what he had to do to get what he wanted. And Kylo Ren had this internal struggle uh, from start to finish, and that made him very not scary and not threatening. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's kind of the, the, the my brief summary for Force Awakens. Um, so yeah. with one of the worst movies I've ever seen, um, you know, the director, Ryan Johnson, for The Last Jedi. So what do you think about that one? How much time we got? <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I agree. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. I think The Last Jedi was an absolute disservice to, to Star Wars fans everywhere. And the amazing thing to me, Will, is the fact that it was so god-awful, such a disgrace, and yet Star Wars fans are split on it. We have some people out there that think this was a cinematic masterpiece. It was artistic. It was cool. It was different. And Ryan Johnson should have been praised for it. And then you've got people like myself, like you, like many others, that think it was horrible. And was like, what the heck is this? Why did we do this? Uh, and, and, And you look at The Last Jedi... I don't even know where to begin. I don't. I really don't. I'll start with this. The Force Awakens ends with Rey finding Luke. That was the big deal. The map. We got to complete the map. They did that. They now know where Luke is. Which, that to me, is extremely stupid. Because if you don't want to be found, you don't leave a map. Luke clearly wanted to be found. So if you want to be found, why'd you leave? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like... That's stupid, all right? But I get they had to make it like a new hope and have the hermit, whatever. So the, it ends with Ray holding Luke's lightsaber from episode five, the one that he lost when Vader cut off his hand, the one that Vader used, Anakin Skywalker used, the one that, I mean, th- th- this iconic piece of Star Wars history, this iconic piece of Star Wars, the lightsaber that we watch Obi-Wan hand over to Luke, I mean, that's an iconic scene. That's how Seven leaves off. So much anticipation. So we wait like two years. We wait two years for this. What's going to happen when Ray shows up to give Luke the lightsaber? And what's Luke do? He takes it and he throws it off the cliff. <laughs> we waited two years for that. And and look, I wasn't I wasn't expecting Luke to like fall to his knees and cry. To 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 I, I don't know what I expected, but no one expected that. And and I'm sure that's what Brian Johnson was thinking. He's an idiot. He was probably <laughs> thinking, oh. No one's going to see this coming. It'll be kind of funny, too. While some people laughed, I screamed in horror because you don't <laughs> do that. Yes, it was recovered, and then it was destroyed because Ray and Kylo Force pushed it together, and it exploded <laughs> because that, that makes sense. That makes no sense at all. <laughs> uh, so that was bad. And then Luke was like, you know, Ray was like, I need you to train me. Luke's like, no, it's time for the Jedi to end. And Luke was just being a jerk. And even Mark Hamill's come out and said, you know, that's not Luke Skywalker. Luke, you know, Luke made a, Mark Hamill made a great point. He said, Jedis don't run away from challenges. You know, Jedis don't run away from, when, when things go bad, they don't run away. And the reason that Luke ran away was because his Jedi Academy failed. Yeah. He started this Jedi Academy after Return of the Jedi. Kylo Ren came in, the son of, of Han and oh, Leia. Yeah. And he went rogue. You know, he sensed <laughs> yeah. this darkness in him and he sensed the dark side and, allegedly tried to kill him and Kylo Ren flipped out and it, it burned to the ground. And so Luke having, I failed, ran off and left, kind of went into isolation. 
And someone said, well, that's no different than what Obi-Wan and Yoda did in, you know, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, at the end of three. It's entirely false. Obi-Wan and Yoda were the last two surviving Jedi that we knew of. They didn't hide, they didn't run away because they were scared. They went and hid because they knew that Luke and Leia, but specifically Luke, was the new hope. And they had to wait for him to become of age to where they could train him. Obi-Wan went to Tatooine to watch over him. Yoda went to Dagobah, a planet that was clouded with the dark side that would kind of mask his light side presence where he could meditate and he could think and be alone with his thoughts and reflect on everything that just happened, really. <laughs> and then wait for the time where Luke would go and get trained. They didn't run away. They didn't hide because they were scared. They went to wait. Luke went to hide because he was scared and because he was he considered himself a failure. And that's not what Jedi do. But Ryan Johnson thinks that's what it is. Ryan Johnson didn't know anything about Star Wars, all right? Right? They got a guy in here that decided... He, he, there, there's rumors out there that J.J. Abrams had the entire script laid out for this. He, you know, he J.J. Abrams directed all of Seven, and he gave Ryan Johnson this plan. He goes, this is, this is my vision yeah. for Episode 8. This is what I think we should do. This is how I've set it up for this to happen. And Ryan Johnson, with that script, basically did what Luke did to that lightsaber. He took it and chunked it off a cliff and said, "Now nah, screw it. I'm going to do my own thing. And that was so stupid. So I'm only in the first part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so Luke refuses to train Ray, you know, refuses to do that and eventually kind of kind of works with her. But that was the worst training scene ever. I mean, Ray's like at the edge of the cliff and she's like lifting the force and, and then she's starting to get seduced by the dark side. And Luke's like, Ray, like, Ray, don't do that. Ray, oh no, Ray. She goes, you didn't even try to resist it. And then like walks away. Like it was like a five minute training compilation. Nowhere near as cool as Luke and Yoda's back in episode five. Nowhere near as deep. Nowhere near, we didn't have this connection. It, it, it was pointless. And then Ray fell down this like watering hole and like snapped her fingers in the mirror. And everybody thought they were going to reveal who her parents were. And it was nobody. It was just a reflection. And that was supposed to be artistic and interpretive. Look, we're not looking for a damn Picasso here. All right? I'm not <laughs> looking to go. I, I didn't go to the theaters. I did not go to the theaters to watch Star Wars and leave with open interpretation. I wanted to go watch Star Wars, get a dang story, and be excited for episode nine. I didn't want to leave because what do you think that meant? What do you think that was? That's like going to an art museum and looking at a painting. And goes, what do you think the artist was trying to explain here, express here, the emotion? Look at the texture. The color. No, what the hell is that? <laughs> so that was ridiculous. And then let, let, let's jump ship. Let's go halfway across the galaxy now. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I, you're, you're probably glad. I don't, you don't have to do much today. Let's go across the galaxy where, where Finn's in a coma. <laughs> because he got stabbed at the end of episode. Kylo Ren basically took the lightsaber and just drew it down his back. And somehow he didn't die. Uh, so Finn's in a coma, he wakes up, and he's spewing back the water everywhere, whatever the heck that is. And that was, again, supposed to be a comedic scene. Ryan Johnson tried to focus too much on comedy in this movie. The only the only franchise to me that has done a good job of incorporating comedy with the action and seriousness is Marvel. Yeah. They, did a fan, they do a fantastic job of that. That's not what Star Wars is. Don't try to copy people. That's what Ryan Johnson did. Yeah. He's not original. He's pitiful. He's a loser. <laughs> uh, really, he's a disgrace to the Star Wars community. So he comes there. Finn's like, hey, what's the plan? Then we got pink-haired Captain Holdo who comes out of nowhere. No one knows yeah. who the heck this woman is. No backstory on her. We're just adding characters left and right. She's there. She's the captain. Poe's like, we're going to do this. She's like, no. Poe takes over, kind of like a little coup. Leia. <laughs> Kylo Ren busts. I'm just jumping around because I, was thinking, I'm, I haven't seen. I, fun fact, I haven't seen The Last Jedi since it came out in theaters. Yeah. I saw it one time in theaters. Uh, Same. Was appalled by it, just disgusted by it, and have refused to watch it ever again. I mean, the Sharknado movies are better than this movie. I would agree. I think I think anything is probably better than this movie. <laughs> I mean, and again, you know, the funny thing is is this. I'm about to get back on my rant. I'm down. <laughs> but if you, if you were someone that had never seen Star Wars and you just sat down to watch The Last Jedi, you might think this was a good movie because... You, you would have no back, you, you wouldn't know anything about the characters, you wouldn't know anything about the history, you just watch it, and you would probably be entertained. And you'd leave saying, hey, I don't think it's the best movie in the world, but it was a good movie. But for the people that grew up watching Star Wars, for the people that love Star Wars, and have that deep connection with every character from the original trilogy, because I can tell you, I have no connection whatsoever to this new era. I could care less about Ray. I'll get to nine in a second. But honestly, I would not have cared or had any 
emotion if Ray, Finn, Poe, Holdo, uh, everybody had just died. <laughs> just kill them all at the end of nine, and I wouldn't have shed a tear. You know where I know where I did shed a tear? I shed a tear when Luke died. We'll get to that in a second. Spoiler alert. I'll get to that in a second. I shed a tear when Han died. I, I shed a tear when Chewie almost died. Spoiler alert. He did. <laughs> shed a tear when Leia died. That one got me big when Leia passed away in episode nine. That got me. Why? Because we grew up watching those characters. We grew up watching them. We developed this connection with them. I wasn't even around. None of us here were born when the original trilogy came out. But when we got older, when we were born and we got older and exposed to Star Wars, we watched 4, 5, 6, and we've been exposed. And we've seen those movies hundreds and hundreds of times. I know I have. I've played the video games. I've had the action figures. And you had this connection with these characters, something that you couldn't get with 7, 8, 9. And, and people would make the argument, well, it's about the new generation. Screw the new generation. Forget that. We're not here. If you're looking to appeal to a new generation of Star Wars fans... You make a completely separate Star Wars franchise. Yeah. Like they're about to do with like the Old Republic. Do whatever the heck you want with that because I don't care. But if you're going to add on to a story that has captivated audiences for at the time had been what almost 40 years, you don't screw with that. You if you're going to if you're going to mess with that and add to it, you better make sure you do it right. And they didn't. So, back to eight. <laughs> Rose Tico comes in. And that's all we have to say about that. <laughs> One of the most pointless characters in Star Wars history. And I, and I feel bad for, for her, I, whatever her name is. Her, <laughs> I, I really feel bad for, for the actress because, you know, she was like the Jar Jar of, of, the, of the sequel trilogy. And, I mean, really, she was. She was the most worthless character, stupid character. What was it? We fight for what we love or whatever. And she like, kissed Finn as they're, as they're blowing a hole through the rebel base. Like, I mean, it was so stupid. Stupid. Her lines were stupid. Her acting was horrible, but it wasn't her fault. She got so much hate and she didn't deserve it because yes, it was her character and yes, her character was god awful and did nothing for the story and the plot, but she was just doing what she was told. Again, that's a reflection of how bad Ryan Johnson handled this movie. Um, and, and, and honestly, I feel bad for it because she was hardly in episode nine. J.J. Abrams listened to the fans and realized, oh my God, they hate her. And again, I feel bad for the actual actress because she didn't deserve that. She was probably so excited to be in a Star Wars movie. But her character was just so poorly written. <laughs> yeah. Everything she did was just so idiotic that it just she just stopped being a part of the franchise. And I feel bad for her for that. Um, but her and, and Finn go on this little adventure down to Canto Bite, which is a gambling-type planet there. There's a big, very rich people. Uh, and, and that's where I had another issue with Episode Eight. was... First off, this storyline was absolutely idiotic. This, to me, felt like a child's cartoon. It was like, let's go check up on Finn and Rose. What are they doing? They're riding freaking... I almost said something else. They're, <laughs> they're riding freaking camels, chicken horse, whatever it is, through the, through, the, through the casino. They're flying around and having a grand, grand old time. Why? Because they go down to this planet. They go down to this planet, and they see them breeding these horse thingies. And <laughs> I don't know what they are. They're, they're breeding them and they're shocking them. And this is disgusting. She says, this is disgusting. They're just mistreating these animals. It's terrible. They do this all the time here. Look, again, I probably sound like a jerk right now. I don't come to watch Star Wars to learn about animal rights. All right, I'm all for treating animals correctly. I don't like animal cruelty. But look, we race horses. Some people race dogs. We, we breed animals. We have animals as pets. Uh, we have zoos. I mean, I'm not, some people are against zoos, I, but I'm saying I didn't come to Star Wars for Rose Tico to lecture me on how bad they're shocking the chicken horses. All right. I don't care. Uh, I want to, I want to see something else. And then there's the gambling area and they're disgusted by the rich. That was another political thing. They tried to go in there and talk about how, how snotty and how ridiculous the, the, the wealthy are and the rich are. It, it was a political statement. Ryan Johnson tried to incorporate all these political ideals subtly, somewhat subtly, into episode eight, I don't go to the movies to learn about politics. I don't go to the movies to get lectured. And I sure as hell don't do that in a Star Wars movie. You don't do that in a Star <laughs> Wars movie. George Lucas, look, you, you thought the prequels were bad? The prequels look like freaking Oscar winners compared to these new yeah. three movies. I mean, really. Uh, so so the, they're on Canto by the most worthless thing. They get captured by the guy with the speech impediment. Uh, and they get him in there. Uh, Benito El Toro or whatever his name is. 
He ends up being like an Imperial spy, something that we saw coming from a mile away. Yep. It's idiotic in and of itself. They get captured by Captain Phasma, who over the course of two movies had, what, like five lines? Yeah. And Finn says, yeah, I can't like, like so long, Buckethead or something like that, and knocks her off the cliff uh, when the little Star Destroyer is destroyed. I'm, I know I'm jumping around, and so anybody that's listening to this is <laughs> probably annoyed <laughs> or uh, probably very confused at what's happening, but I'm, I'm really nitpicking. I don't even know the order of the things that happened. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie in so long. I hate it. Um, as you can tell. Uh, so there's that. And then my favorite part probably comes, they escape, they get back, they're trying to help. The re- the rebellion, the resistance, I should say, it's always going to be the rebellion to me. <laughs> they're in hot pursuit. They're, they're, they're flying away from the First Order. But, oh no, what's this? We've run out of fuel. <laughs> what? What? When? W- tell me. One through seven. Star Wars, Star Wars, the Clone, Star Wars, the Clone Wars, Star Wars Rebels. Any Star Wars game, movie, show, anything. Your imagination. Have you ever had to stop for fuel? <laughs> so Ryan Johnson just basically just pulls a rabbit out of the hat and goes, "Oh, I got an idea. I can't think of any reason why the Rebels can't get away quick enough." He's basically wrote himself in a wall. Why can't? Oh, they're out of fuel. They're out of fuel. So the Rebels are just drifting through space, and for some reason, the First Order is just not even approaching. They're just firing from distances. Like, hey, I got an idea. Let's just watch them from afar and, and go. Uh, and that's so stupid. We're out of fuel. Why don't we send someone out there to gas up? Like, I don't know what to do. I mean, it's ridiculous. It was the stupidest reason I've ever seen in my life. So they get in these little pods, or they get in these other shuttles, and Captain Holdo turns around and, and goes through light speed because apparently we're out of fuel, but we can go through light speed because that makes <laughs> sense. We can go extremely fast, which requires the ship to move forward, but we're out of fuel. But we can do that. Makes no freaking sense. Um, when my car's out of fuel, I can't turn my car around in a 180. I can't turn my car fully around. I certainly can't go my car forward, but apparently you can do that in space when you don't have fuel. It makes no sense. It's probably the force or something uh, in Ryan Johnson's eyes. And uh, she she shoots her ship through the through the Imperial fleet, uh, the, the First Order fleet, and uh, it goes silent because that, that was another artistic thing mm-hmm. that he tried to pull. You can't hear anything in space. Every space battle we've heard, we're hearing explosions, we're hearing TIE fighters, we're hearing the the, the, the lasers, we're hearing I mean, everything. That's what makes the movie. And, and people think that was a really cool scene. You know, it was quiet. You saw the straight line through. Cool. All right. And then it was, you know, Captain Holdo saved herself. Captain Holdo was an idiot. She had no plan. Yeah. I don't know how she deserved the rank of captain. Didn't deserve it at all. Uh, but she now will be heralded as a hero because she sacrificed herself to save the resistance. Yeah. Totally idiotic. Absolutely idiotic. Um, Le- you had, you had, yeah, Leia, and then you had the little kid at the very end. Yes. The force. Well, oh, I'll get to that. But <laughs> so then, so then after that, the rebels land on this planet, this little weird ice crystal planet, ice salt crystal planet with a bunch of salt cats running around. And uh, I mean, this is what they are. They look like little salt cats. And then they get these weird, rusty old speeders. Uh, they're going through and they're digging up the red dust or whatever. And they're going to fight the Imperial walkers because those tiny little speeders are definitely going to do that. So it's like Hoth almost 2.0. It, it's not, nowhere near as good as Hoth, nowhere near as impressive as Hoth, but it's kind of what they were going for. So again, unoriginal, unoriginal. <laughs> and Ray shows up, the Millennium Falcon. And. Out, out of the Rebel base, after Rose Tico pulls her famous, we fight for the things that we love or whatever, and that weird little kiss between her and Finn, which was idiotic. The whole thing was idiotic. Luke shows up. Luke shows up. And everybody in the theater knew that wasn't Luke. I mean, did you really think that Luke was going to leave his little, you know, nice <laughs> utopia that he had? Uh, it, I, I, that thing was actually filmed in Ireland. Uh, in Ireland. So he shows up, and, and Kylo Ren's like, fire! And they'd blow him up and Luke just, you know, brushes off his shoulder, yeah. which was, again, trying to be comedy. That was okay. So then Kylo goes and fights. Well, Luke, if I'm not mistaken, Luke and Kylo never make contact with their lightsabers because Luke's a projection. Yeah. Luke is projecting himself. What the heck is that? We have never before seen that type of force power where you can project your body, not ghost form, what looks like your physical body halfway across the galaxy. Where does that make sense? <laughs> so then they pan to Luke, and he's hovering over there. It looks like he's constipated, hovering <laughs> over his little stool, concentrating so hard to project his body and do all these motions so that the re- resistance can escape 
at, from a back entrance that apparently no one knew was there, which was, again, ridiculous in and of itself. Luke and Leia had a brief moment. Kylo Ren realizes Luke's not real. See you around, kid, which is something that Han Solo used to say. And then Luke dies. Luke just vanishes because he basically pushed too hard while he was pooping. That's basically <laughs> what he did. He pushed too hard and died. That's how our great hero, where the stock, where the story began in 1977, our great hero Luke Skywalker died because he pushed too hard. Let's think about that. And, and, and other people would say, no, no, he died because he sacrificed himself so the Resistance could get away, just like Obi-Wan sacrificed himself so Han, Luke, and Leia could escape the Death Star. Don't let anybody tell you that. That's the stupidest way for Luke to die. Stupidest, stupidest way for Luke to die. The only thing that was kind of cool about that was the fact that he got to see the two sons as he died. He kind of collapsed and looked up, saw two sons, the music played, and he died. That was kind of cool. It was like coming full circle. That's it. That's it. They did Luke a huge disservice. Mark Hamill knew they did a huge disservice, but a lot of people don't think they did. So they escape, and now the rebels are fully depleted, and they're in trouble. And at the end, for some godforsaken reason, we see a little slave boy on Canto Bite run out, looking at the ships flying by, and he force pulls a broom over to him. <laughs> <laughs> like freaking Harry Potter over here. Have expected him to hop on, mount it, and ride. And uh, and we never get, we don't get any closure on that. Ryan Johnson did that because basically, basically what Ryan Johnson did, a little sly devil <laughs> is he is he wrote that in i think almost to ensure that he would get to do more star wars he's like look guys there's this open-ended question here who's the kid how's he have force powers who is that you're gonna have to let me back on so i can explain thank god they didn't in episode nine because i'm sure that's how the movie would have opened up we would incorporate a little slave broom boy to come in here and save the save the galaxy kind of like anakin did in episode one which was really stupid too um but that actually, it made no sense. That that last part made absolutely no sense. Uh, and that's how it ended. <laughs> and, and again, so, I mean, so, yeah. I mean, if, <laughs> I, I, it, I'm absolutely speechless. Actually, I'm surprised I remembered that much. It made an impression, but it wasn't a good impression. Yeah. Uh, but I hated that movie. Ryan Johnson did the entire fan base a disservice. Uh, and, and that leads me into episode nine. Is that where we're going? Yeah. We're going to, okay. We're going JJ to, coming back. We're, yeah, that, and that's what happened. He did such a bad job, I think, that they had to bring JJ back. To fix everything. To fix everything. Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> Don't get you started on her. <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy should never have done that in the first week. You, you know what's funny about this? Go back and look at <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy's film history. Look at her film history and tell me any good movie that she, you're losing it. I know you are. Look at any good movie that she's worked on. There was none. Yeah, she worked on Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. God awful movie. She worked on all the new Star Wars. All of them were garbage. Nine was the best one, but all of them were still garbage. She worked on Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Without a doubt. It's no coincidence that some of the worst movies and some of the greatest franchises in the world were produced and were worked on by Kathleen Kennedy. It's no coincidence. She's a cancer to any project Isn't she that she now works on. she in charge on. of like yes, all of she's it? basically in charge of Lucas stuff. She may have stepped down actually because people hated her so much. She should do that. If she wants what's good for her and if she wants what's best for the Star Wars community, which she doesn't, no one in that position does. All they care about is money. That's why the Porgs were imp uh, incorporated. That's why all these new characters were incorporated. That's why these stories were written. It wasn't because it was to further the Star Wars story. It wasn't to enhance it. It was because money, 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 money. <laughs> you can thank Disney for that. You can thank Disney for screwing that over. I love Disney more than the next guy, but they butchered this. They screwed this over and Kathleen Kennedy lied right to George Lucas's <laughs> face when she said she would take good care of his beloved franchise and George Lucas knew he made a mistake after Seven came out. And once George Lucas gave the rights over to him, he tried to help out on yeah. Seven, Eight, Nine, giving them thoughts. This is what Star Wars is. And they said, no, George, you sold it to us. We don't want your help. And kicked him out. How jacked up is that? They're... I'm not going to say that. They're, they're, <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy... Kathleen Kennedy is <laughs> I I I should that <laughs> Moving on uh from Kathleen Kennedy to so the rise of Skywalker Kathleen <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kennedy man <laughs> She just needs to retire. She just needs to get her name out of every everything. She ruined Indiana Jones. She ruined Star Wars. She's going to ruin the next thing. 
Uh, it's just terrible. It's just so terrible. Um, the rise of Skywalker, though, they brought J.J. Abrams back in to fix what Ryan Johnson did. They should have just let J.J. do it all. I think they would have been good if J.J. did them all. I don't even know if they would have been good, but episode 8 would have been a lot better, which means he wouldn't have had to rush through 9, because that's what happened. Yeah. Ryan Johnson screwed 8 so up so much. Totally changed. Oh, episode 8. I totally forgot. Snoke. We didn't yeah. even talk about Snoke. Episode 7, we see this mythical creature, Snoke, the new villain. Everybody's like, oh, he's like the new emperor. Who is who is Snoke? Who is that? And then episode 8, we walk in, and Kylo Ren kills Snoke like that. Literally turns the lightsaber with the four stabs into the side. If Snoke, you know, was all powerful, he would have sensed that, right? I mean, it, it was it was ridiculous. It was, We saw Snoke for a split second. He never, I don't think, even stood up out of his chair. Uh-huh. Uh, he was always like a telegram, not a telegram. A right, but they hologram. saw him in person. They yeah. saw him in person. That's yeah. how Kylo killed him. But we never got any closure. Who was he? You know, some people, I mean, the speculation was so cool after episode seven. Is he Darth Plagueis? Is he the reincarnation of the Emperor? Who is this Jar-jar. guy? Jar Jar. He said Jar Jar, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Ryan Johnson, he very well could have been. But, you know, there's all this stuff and, and nothing ever happened with it. And, um, yeah, it, it was unbelievable. Uh, so they, they kill him and everybody's like, we waited two years to figure out who Snoke was to get closure, thinking that he might be this new emperor and that episode nine was going to be like the final battle to take down Snoke. And he dies like that with no context at all. What a, what a major plot hole. What a major story hole that J.J. Abrams had to go fix. So J.J. Abrams had to rush through episode nine. I mean, he couldn't make a four-hour movie. Yeah. So in about two and a half hours, he crammed as much information in there as many, tried to fill as many gaps as possible that Ryan Johnson left in episode eight. That's basically yeah. what he did. Uh, he tried to fill every single hole that was possible. Uh, he, he took out Rose Tico, probably a good thing. He tried to incorporate Finn a little bit more, uh, explain what Snoke was, uh, and they brought back Palpatine. Do I really think they were going to bring back Palpatine when they started to do that in Episode 7? No, I don't think they uh-huh. were. But I think Ryan John, uh, I think J.J. Abrams, after 8, realized, well, crap, like, Kylo Ren's master was Snoke, and now Snoke's gone, and Kylo Ren's not any good at all when you really think about it. He's really pitiful. I mean, look at episode seven. He got beat by Rey, who had no training whatsoever. Yeah. That would have been like Luke beating Darth Vader or, you know, taking, like, knocking down Darth Vader in A New Hope with no training. That's basically what it was equivalent of. And Kylo, so Kylo Ren was extremely weak. He was extremely, he was just, he was just a wuss, pitiful, a disgrace of a villain. And, uh, so, so J.J. Abrams was like, hey, I think we got to bring back Palpatine because that's the only way we can get like a full villain in this thing because Kyle Ren's not it. No one's scared of this guy, but Palpatine's back. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, and, you know, we run through nine and they meet Lando. That's cool. I'm kind of just breezing through now because... Oh, I'm, you're fine. Nine, nine, well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of I'm tired. <laughs> just, <laughs> talking so bad about Kathleen Kennedy in episode eight just kind of wears you out. Just takes it out of you. <laughs> I mean, really. It's mentally draining, mentally challenging. Really, it's just like it ma- makes me hurt inside. <laughs> Uh, but you go to episode nine, and and the whole thing now is, uh, we've got to find a knife that was used by this bounty hunter to uh to to crack the Sith code. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, so we can figure out where Palpatine is, and it was just like this weird. It basically was a scavenger hunt. Yeah. It was basically a Star Wars scavenger hunt, and then we saw Ray like heal the snake. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when you when you talk when you say it out loud, it's even more stupid. They fall down this pit. And, and and the snake stabbed to Ray heals it and the snake's like, Oh, you must be a good guy because you healed my wound and then gives him like the knife basically. Yeah. And they figure it out. And we all think Chewie's dead because Ray somehow shoots lightning out of her fingers um, when she gets too angry, kinda like Luke when he dies from pushing too hard. <laughs> and uh Kylo Ren's like, Hey, I know you've got the dark side in you now. I just had to test you and then we find out later that Chewie's not dead, so everybody's relieved. Good stuff. I, I, the one thing that I think Nine did, they, Nine did a few things very well. Um, they killed Leia well. Yeah. We knew she was going to die, and she kind of had to die. I mean, Carrie Fisher had passed away. Yeah. Uh, before Nine really, really got going. So I think you, the footage that they used for Carrie Fisher, uh, Fisher in Episode Nine was, was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, her kind of training Ray, uh, talking to Ray. She wasn't in there much. She kind of went into this like little coma deal when she like reached out to Kylo to kind of really turn mm-hmm. him. When Kylo got that feeling through the force from his mom, he that was when he really turned for good. Um, and then that's how she died. Uh, but I thought that they did that really well. Um, and then obviously giving Chewie the medal that he should have. I mean, that, that was hard. That was, oh, that was gut-wrenching, man. Like that, that really was a tearjerker. That really got to me. 
Um, so they did a really good job with handling that. Bring Lando back in. That was kind of cool. I don't know what Lando was doing in that color parade. Yeah. You know, like that little big festival they had on Desert Planet number five or whatever it yeah. was. Uh, but they did that really well. And they found Palpatine. And Ray, after shooting lightning out of her fingers, flipped out and was like, I'm going to run away because too powerful and I can't turn to the dark side because she was like having conflictions and she found out she was a Palpatine and people, some people like that. Some people didn't, you know, because some people were like, I'm, I'm kind of, I think I'm with the people that were, would have been okay with Ray being a nobody. You don't have to be related to someone with power to be a Jedi. Yeah. You know, we are in the Skywalker saga, but just, you don't have to be related to a Skywalker or a Palpatine or someone like that to have a force power, you know? And so I think that's what a lot of people were hoping would happen. But at the same time, they, they wanted to mix that in to make it her somewhat significant. So you're Palpatine. You're the granddaughter of Palpatine somehow, some some way. Palpatine got busy. Uh, <laughs> and uh, probably the midichlorians. Which well, like is, his kids or whatever that drop her off, they don't have like any powers or anything. No. Yeah, it's probably the midichlorians, yeah. man. I'm telling you. He implanted whoever the mother was with midichlorians just like they did with Shmi Skywalker and the midichlorians <laughs> is without a doubt the stupidest <laughs> thing that maybe have ever come through Star, Star Wars. What are midichlorians? <laughs> it's heroin. Uh, but, you know, you look through it again with Nine. Ray goes. Luke, the conversation she had with Luke was good. Luke kind of being a force ghost. but again, And that was kind of a big F you to Ryan Johnson, too. You know, Ray took that lightsaber and chunked it into the burning um, ship. And Luke kind of thrust his hand out and caught it. And he was like, that's not how you treat a weapon. Yeah. And that was like an F you to Ryan Johnson because... You know, in episode eight, he chunked it behind him, just yeah. threw it away. And so that was like, we don't do this through our lightsaber, especially not this lightsaber. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, good for you, JJ. <laughs> JJ was mad. You yeah. knew he wasn't going to say it, but he was mad at how it was handled, like a lot of people were. Yeah. Mark Hamill was mad. I think Ray, uh, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, uh, Oscar Isaac, all of them were angry with how it was handled, the whole franchise. Because I can't picture, I picture myself getting casted in Star Wars, a new set of Star Wars to continue this amazing story. As a main character. As a main character, right. And and to have it just be absolute garbage. And again, not because they're bad actors and actresses, and not because it was something that they did, but because the writing was so, so bad. And again, it's a shame that one movie kind of ruined that for them. And it was episode eight. J.J. Abrams directs eight. We're probably not having this conversation right now. <laughs> we're seriously, I mean, we're probably not. I'm not saying it would have been a masterpiece, it probably still would have been considered the worst trilogy out of the the three different trilogies that we had in Star Wars. But at least the story would have been coherent. It would have been well put together. They would have enjoyed a little bit more. Uh, and then moral of the story, at the end of Nine, all these Star Destroyers rise up, which is ridiculous. So we've just been building Star Destroyers, and we've got apparently a huge army running these Star Destroyers that Palpatine's been working on for the last 40 years. Um, and he wants Rey to strike her down because then his spirit will live in her. She'll become the new Emperor or Empress. <laughs> Kylo Ren turns to the good side. You know, Rey gets knocked out. She hears all the voices of the past Jedi, Obi-Wan, Anakin, Ahsoka, Mace Windu, guys like that. Kind of cool, I guess. Would have been cooler if they had all appeared as, like, ghosts or something. Doesn't mean you have to cast all of them. That's what people understand. You don't have to cast these guys to get them as a ghost. You can take previous footage and just make them a ghost. It's not that hard, but we didn't think of that, apparently. Uh, Probably didn't have enough time. (laughs) And, uh, and anyways, so Ray basically, Palpatine doesn't learn his lesson. You know, in episode three, Mace Windu blocks all of his lightning into yeah. Palpatine's face. And that's exactly what happened here in episode nine. <laughs> Ray just kept blocking the lightning and Palpatine was like, I get, if I push harder, it'll get to her. Yeah. And didn't end up evaporating. Kind of like Voldemort did. He literally kind of like evaporated into this, yeah. into this dust and all the other Sith in the chamber did too. Uh, Ray doesn't heal Kylo. Kylo dies. Yeah. And people thought that would like be emotional, and it wasn't. Um, Didn't they kiss? Yeah, the forced yeah. kiss. That was ridiculous. Didn't have to happen. That was <laughs> ridiculous as well. I mean, th- I mean, what, what was that? <laughs> I mean, really? Come on. Uh, and then, and, oh, and then Ray's able to like pull force things yeah. from any object in the galaxy with the force. She can like reach behind her back like a magic trick and pull it. So she has like. Uh, Leia's lightsaber. Yes, there. that was cool, and I, and that was one good part of the movie too. Was when they showed the training scene of Luke and Leia. They yeah. did a fantastic job of making them look like their younger selves. Yeah, that I and mean, using the CGI to, to to show young Luke and young Leia training. That yeah. was really really cool. Very brief, but really cool because we knew Leia was being trained. Yeah. We knew she was force sensitive. So that was neat. Um, 
But uh, but again, being able to pull things from anywhere in the galaxy behind your back and basically, I mean, if the force is like magic, but that's ridiculous. You can't use the force to grab something from another planet. Yeah. You just can't. How does it, explain to me how that works. And other people are out there saying, oh, it's okay to introduce new force powers. Every movie we sometimes, like, no. we used to think that, you know, force lightning wasn't possible or force speed wasn't possible. Yeah. Or, it's okay. We can, yeah, you can write whatever you want, but it, somehow it has to make sense. Yeah. The force to me is more of a physical thing. Force speed makes sense. Lightning makes sense. Normal force makes sense. Choking makes sense. Pulling something from something that's light years, galaxies away, and bringing it right here, that's not using the force. Yeah. That's magic. <laughs> that's not even magic. That's impossible. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. So they did that, and uh, and then she, and, you know, Kylo dies. Everybody's celebrating because they've taken down the First Order. Everything's over. Ray goes back to Tatooine. That was a... I think a cool way to end it. You saw Lars Homestead yeah. covered in sand had been abandoned really since episode four. Um, and she buries the lightsabers, ignites her new one. And that's kind of how you become a Jedi master to become a true Jedi. You have to build your own lightsaber and hers was yellow gold. And that means she's kind of like a in between. Yeah. Neutral. Kind of a neutral, right? The guardians of the Jedi temple were neutral. Yeah. Kind of had that white yellow um, lightsaber. She sees Luke and Leia, the hologram, and the old lady. Some For some reason, we've got an old lady walking a donkey <laughs> uh, yeah. through the middle of Tatooine, past Lawrence Homestead, in the middle of nowhere. Why is she that far out there? Why is she so far out there that late at night? I don't know. Makes no sense. But who are you? What's your name? She's like, Ray. Ray who? And she's like, Ray Skywalker. And then she looks at the sunset, the binary sunset, which was where our story began in 1977, which yeah. is iconic. And it ends. And some people like that she said Skywalker. Some people didn't. I didn't care. I was happy for it to be over. <laughs> so, so in my opinion, seven, eight, nine are copycats of four, five, six. Almost identical. Seven, four, seven is very much like four. Eight, nothing like five. Yeah, eight, eight can nine, is, nine is like five and six, both in one. Nine, nine, nine is kind of like six in a way. Um, Kind of, not not as much. Yeah. Um. But but there were bits and pieces that were very similar. Yes. Yeah. So with Ray, Finn, and Poe being pretty much Luke, Leia, and Han Solo, how do you think? Do you think they're identical? Like the character wise is identical to no. Luke, Leia, and Han? No. My God, no. Yeah. None like, of those deserve to be compared in the same sense. And that's no disrespect to to Daisy Ridley and John Boyega and them because I love them. I think they're great people and I think they're very talented actors and actresses. But the way their characters were written, absolutely not. Ray was not anywhere. Com- Ray was not anywhere comparable to Luke because she was not like Luke and Ray were. So, the, they were the most similar in Episode Four and Episode Seven. Yeah, kinda whiny little bratty, just kind of independent farm boy, farm girl, desert planet guy that didn't understand their potential. Well, Luke, I really felt like matured very well from five to six. Ray didn't. Ray didn't. I mean, she matured. She was learning, but I just never really felt that she had that power and that maturity. Uh, in eight and nine, like like Luke did. I mean, you look at Luke in episode six; he was awesome. I mean, he was very mature. He knew what he had to do. He was very calm. He was he was becoming one with the Force. And and, and Ray was not. I didn't really feel like, even yeah. though she somehow took down the Emperor. Uh, Finn would probably be more like the the Leia. I I feel like, <laughs> which I mean, it's kind of wrong to compare them, but but. Poe, played by Oscar Isaac, is had more of that Han Solo, Han Solo feel. Had the jacket, had the swagger, the look was at times the comedic relief. Uh, and then Finn was just kind of the side character. And I felt, I really felt bad for John Boyega because, yeah. uh, because he he had a good role. He, he I liked I liked the the role of him kind of defecting from the Empire. Yeah. Uh, as a stormtrooper and kind of joining the resistance, but they they did not use his character very well. I feel at like all. eight the eighth movie could have made him. That's where they ruined it. They ruined his character arc in the eighth movie. He gets put in that coma. They pushed him and Rose to the side. Again, the entire adventures of Finn and Rose were unnecessary. They didn't have to happen. Really, nothing in eight had to happen. We we hardly progressed the story in eight when you think about it. All Ryan Johnson did was just kill one of the most best Star Wars characters of all time and create absolute nonsense and try try to impose his political beliefs on everybody that watched in the in theaters. Yeah. That's basically, we, we progressed the story nowhere in eight. When you really think about it, the, the rebel fleet moved a probably a great, <laughs> probably like a mile through space in the span of two and a half hours. And Luke died. And, and Rose and Finn 
did nothing but free some horses and destroy a casino. Well, they did. They were on that destroyer, or whatever. When all like when um, Lando Calrissian all came with all those big ships coming. That was in episode nine. Yeah, yeah. But Rose did was there with them. Oh, really? Cause yeah. I don't care. <laughs> no one cared. She was there, but no one was paying attention. Yeah. I mean, and again, it's not disrespect to her. It's just to, to, to the actor. I don't know why I'm blanking on her name. But, uh, again, it's, it's no disrespect to her. I, really, I feel bad for her. I feel bad for the guy who played Jar Jar, and I'm blanking on his name, too. I feel bad for them because they were a part of something so great, or growing to be, but their character was so poorly written. Yep. And because it was so poorly written, and because they were just doing what they were told, fans hated them. Yeah. Again, not their fault, but they'll always be remembered for that, and I hate that for them. So... With you pretty much talking crap the whole entire time so far, <laughs> do you have a favorite character in the new movies? Um, do I have a favorite character in the new movies? <laughs> Is it okay to say no? I mean, that's fine with you. I mean, look, C three PO, C three PO, my C three PO was the best part of Episode Nine. If you yeah. ask me, he was funny. Uh, that was emotional too. You know, and, and the trailer really made me cry. He was like, taking one last look at my friends, which we knew he wasn't going to die. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I think I think C three and I know he's not new, but I mean I didn't again I didn't feel this connection. Like I said, it wouldn't have bothered me had Ray, Kylo, Poe, Finn, all of them died on the Star Destroyer. Just like almost going down with the ship. Go down with the ship, they're dead. Like I would have been like, Oh my gosh, they actually did that? Like, dang, JJ, you're bold. Yeah. Like, no, no, not, but I wouldn't have been upset. I would have been very upset had Chewbacca died. Yeah. Or had C three PO really had his memory wiped and been done forever. Or R two had died. Uh, I, I got upset when Luke died. I got upset when Leia died because I had that connection with them. Yeah. And I think it's going to be very hard to – you would have a hard time convincing me that new generation – I'm talking kids from 8 to maybe 14. And, and, and most of those kids have actually seen the original trilogy too. But these younger kids that are the new generation of Star Wars fans, you'd have a hard time convincing me that they have a connection with these new characters. They don't. You can't tell me they do. They haven't had time to build that up. And they were so poorly directed and so poorly written that – how could you have a connection with yeah. them? Especially if their parents did the right thing and showed them the other six. How could you say you have a connection with these new guys? Yeah, you I'm don't. pretty much in the same boat with you. I don't really, yeah. I'm really not connected to any of them. Yeah, I don't care. I yeah. absolutely don't care. Um, so the ending of the ninth movie when like you see Ben, uh, ben Solo, Kylo Ren change the good side and he's killing all his, um, like his like guards and everything. Do you think the ending of that movie did justice for Star Wars, like, out of all nine of them. Where he... Kinda, like the Emperor dies. Where he kills the Knights of Ren and, and they kill the Emperor. I don't think it did justice for Star Wars at all. Star Wars needed to end at six. Star Wars needed to end at the Return of the Jedi. I, In terms of the order. Yeah. I like that George Lucas went back and made the prequels. One, two, three. I think those were fantastic. Really. Looking, looking at them now, they're masterpieces. <laughs> really. They needed to happen because it gave you more of a backstory. And that's what was so important. He made four, five, six. He gave you a backstory on how four, five, six happened. Seven, eight, nine added to what happened after six. That wasn't necessary. You made six movies, six movies to tell one giant story. Leave it alone. You end it. You destroy the empire not once but twice. You've blown up two Death Stars. Pretty hard to do. Yeah. You've taken down one of the coolest and most badass villains in movie history in Darth Vader in a very interesting way, I should add, but a, a way that has come really full circle in terms of Anakin's character arc ended. But Disney was power hungry and they yeah. were money hungry. And that's the only reason those, those seven, eight, nine movies are made. So I don't think he did it justice. I don't, I don't know how you could have done it justice. I know we knew when seven, eight, nine were made, they were going to kill off our, our heroes. Yeah. Everybody's going to die at some point. So we knew that Luke Han and Leia were going to die. But the only one that I really think died the right way, maybe, maybe was Han and Leia. Luke, I will never say he died in an okay way. Yeah. I'll never say that was a good way for him to die. Han dying to Kylo, you could sense it was coming. If you were in the theater, you knew that Kylo was going to kill him. But in a way, I was okay with how that happened. I think the favorite scene for the ninth movie is when Han, when Han Solo came back to talk that, to him. That, yes, that's a, that was a good point. That was really cool. Um, that was really neat. I don't know how that happened. Han had no connection to the Force. Yeah, because he came. That was more of like I think a Kylo Vision type yeah. deal. Because Harrison Ford goes, "I'm done with Star Wars." Right before Nine comes out, and then you hear Son 
And you're like, that was one of the Ford's voice. Yes, that was one of the bigger surprises. Yeah. I think was was him stepping in to almost like a little cameo. He's like three and, minutes. And that was really neat too. Is at the end, you know, Kylo says, "Dad," and Han just says, "I know," because he was you know gonna say, "I love you." Yeah. And you know that's what Leia said. You know, he said, "I love you" on Cloud City right before you got put yeah. in carbonite. I know, and that's iconic. You know, he did, "I love you too," or oh, re- "Really, you do." Like just, that's just Han's Han's character. Yeah. She's just that, that, that swagger and that confidence. Just like, yeah, I know you do. And <laughs> goes into carbonite and ends up being. So and that was really gut wrenching too. That was J.J. Abrams in a way did a lot of fan service in Episode Nine, and that's not necessarily what you're supposed to do as a director, but it's something that he felt like he needed to do because of how poorly Ryan Johnson screwed up Eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the fans were divided. They were screwed up, and there's always going to be divided on these new on this new trilogy. But J- Ryan Johnson screwed up eight so bad that J.J. Abrams felt the need to do so much fan service in nine to try to bring the fans back over onto his side, bring the fans back over into liking Star Wars again and, and saying, okay, it's not perfect, but he he did his best and he kind he closed it the best way he could. At yeah. least it was better than eight. Yeah. Well, thank you for spending an hour of our time. Was uh, it an hour? It was 51 minutes. Wow. Ranting um, about Star Wars to me. How I was happy to listen. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm glad you were. And, and for you listeners out there, um, I'd love to talk with you sometime. <laughs> I could do this all day. But, Will, thank you for having me on. I'm sorry I took up 51 minutes. But as you can see, I could go I could go for the entire length of the eighth movie right now. I mean, we, we could go for two and a half hours. Don't but, get you started on Kathleen Candy. Ne- never here. again. We'd still be here. I'm, 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 thanks for cutting me off early. <laughs> well, we're taking a week off, dude. I know spring break and stuff mm. but we'll be coming back talking about the justice league and the snyder cut and talking about the differences between the two movies and which one we like better but thank you for <laughs> listening to alex roast <laughs> star wars for the past hour for the for the record for the record i still love star wars star wars is fantastic one through six love of my life will never say i hate them they're the best there are out there. I just hate the new trilogy. <laughs> and when I get older, I will refuse to show my children 7, 8, 9. They will only see 1 through 6. That, to me, is the only Star Wars that is out there. Thank you. That is all. <laughs> well, tune in next week. <laughs>